The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about identifying personas that will convert into loyal customers. Joining us is Say Surya Kumar, who is the head of marketing at Superhuman, which is the fastest email experience ever made. And the company is backed by A16, Around Capital, Tiger Global, and it's an incredible growth story. And today, Say and I are going to talk about how Superhuman created its loyal fan base. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Say Surya Kumar, the head of marketing at Superhuman. Say, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Ben. Excited to be here. Excited to have you on the show. Excited to talk a little email marketing app. In a past life, I mentioned this to you before, I was the first marketing hire at a productivity app called Handle, which was meant to combine email, tasks, and calendars, and we thought it was going to be the next big thing in productivity. Handle with the way of the dodo bird. And all of a sudden, here is superhuman, and you did something that I was trying to do for a little while more successfully. What did I get wrong? Tell me a little bit about marketing, email productivity apps. How'd you guys build such an incredible following and fan base? Well, Ben, I think what you've probably learned is building an email app is hard. And it's something that our founder, Rahul, still says to this day, it is very, very difficult to build a tool like Superhuman. People have existing habits. They like to work how they like to work. We've all gotten used to email over the past several decades. So it's challenging to get into productivity, to help people improve how they go about their day to day, and to spend less time doing email. One of the things that Superhuman did from the very early days is we obsessed over the customer experience in the product. We wanted people to feel like this truly was a different experience entirely from what they were used to, whether that was a Gmail or whether that was an Outlook or whether it was a different type of email tool. And so we spent a lot of time obsessing over the tiniest details, pixel to pixel even. And that meant that the customer experience we were able to deliver in the product was truly remarkable. And remarkable quality remains one of our most important brand values today, even as we've grown superhuman from those very, very early days of a few early adopters to where we are today post-Series C. And it's something that we've really instilled in not just our product team, but our marketing team, our sales teams, our delight teams. It's something we still really hold near and dear to our hearts. And I think that's the first piece of building a loyal and excited fan base is you have to give people something that at its core, they like using. 
that helps them, that feels like it's very intentional and well-built. And that's the core of Superhuman, an application that feels very intentional, very delightful, and very thoughtfully constructed, that delivers the value that we say it does. Newsflash. When you are building a productivity app, your app has to be useful for productivity. You need to think about your customer. This sounds like table stakes, and I'm not saying that the user experience isn't incredible, but I get it. You have to think of something that is unique and different and has value to your consumers to get them away from either the default app that was provided with their phone or to the system that they're used to using. What was the name of the email app that Dropbox bought back in the day? I think it was Mailbox. Mailbox. Mailbox was an innovative product where you could swipe left on an email and archive it or swipe right and punt it to another time. It was their wow feature. And there was an individual product feature that was, this is going to save you time that got everyone real excited. And I remember that originally when Mailbox launched, they were like the first company to do basically the sign up wait list. Hey, you're one millionth on the wait list. We've got a huge group of people waiting for us. You keep seeing it on social media. But if you share this prompt, then we'll move you up the line. Did Superhuman take a similar approach? Was there a specific product feature that you used to market the application, that sort of one wow moment? And then did you parlay that into getting people onto a waiting list? What was the sort of formula for you to actually start building the fan base in the early days? So in the early days, we did follow a waiting list approach. One of the reasons we did that is we were very intentional about the experience people had in the product. And so one of the reasons that we had the waiting list in the early days is we actually concierge onboarded every single person that came into Superhuman, which today, if you tell a SaaS company that you're going to one-on-one human onboard people, most would laugh you out of the room. That goes against all the philosophies of scale and user growth and allowing the product to do the hard work. But we knew at its core, these were new habits we were helping people build. And so in the early days, Rahul actually would visit people in person at their offices. He would bring his laptop and he would spend 30, 40, 50, sometimes an hour or two with them going through their email habits. And one-to-one concierge onboarding is still something we allow today. Customers that join Superhuman have the opportunity to spend 30 minutes with one of our productivity experts. And we go through how they use email. How do they archive? How do they reply? How do they filter? How do they make sure they're focused on the most important things? And that remains one of the biggest value adds that Superhuman brings to individuals, is we help them change how they think about the concept of email, how they view their inbox. And so in the early days, the waiting list allowed us to spend this dedicated one-on-one time with every individual new customer. And surprisingly, that remains one of the most memorable experiences a lot of our customers talk about, even today as they post on social or they talk about a new achievement in Superhuman or hitting Inbox Zero, was that very first onboarding session with someone on the Superhuman team that went step-by-step through how you send email and how you can save time by using Superhuman. And that human touch made a massive difference then, and it still continues to do that today. I'm assuming you guys probably have over millions of downloads and there's probably a large user base that has been collected over the, was it been five or six years since the organization has been around? Maybe even longer? Longer. I'm guessing that you're not doing one-on-one onboarding for every customer anymore. So tell me about the early days you're really hand-holding and making sure people feel like they understand the customer experience and the purpose of the app. How did you make the transition from that my founder is sitting down and telling you what's wrong with your email productivity usage 
to a more product-led version of the same experience? Well, it all came down to the customer at the end of the day. And as we spoke to our end users, we spoke to the people coming to Superhuman, one theme emerged that people wanted to get into Superhuman immediately. They didn't want to wait to schedule a 30-minute onboarding. While there was a lot of value, some folks said, hey, just let me in the product. Let me use Superhuman as it's intended to do. I can figure it out by myself. So we launched self-service to specifically cater to those customers and say, hey, you don't want to wait? No problem. We'll let you get in right away. But we kept the option of scheduling a one-on-one onboarding even for those customers. So you can still book a follow-up one-on-one from right within Superhuman using Command-K. You can still schedule follow-ups. And we found a lot of users got into the product, experienced it, and then had questions. How do I do this? How do I get even faster? How do I get rid of even more emails that clutter my inbox? And the follow-up onboarding was super helpful. So today we've expanded it from just one-on-one human onboarding to entirely self-serve group onboarding sessions where we have cohorts of users that get a shared experience as they onboard onto Superhuman, still led by a human, by the way, um, and bespoke one-on-one onboardings. And customers can really choose which style and which method works for them and for their schedule. Uh, And it's all about meeting customers where they live and in the time that's important to them. Now, I remember when Superhuman was still a gated product that I sat there on the waiting list for a little while. And eventually I went through some sort of an experience where it asked, what is your toolkit? And I think I was using a mixture of Gmail, Mixmax, Pipedrive, there was CRMs, and I had to sort of describe to Superhuman applying to use the product, uh, what my system was, and I was essentially rejected as a user. I'm still heartbroken. I'll get over it. What was the thought process going to ask people what their system was and and basically having an application and an acceptance or rejection? In those early days, we didn't have the ability to support every single email tool. So for example, in the early days of Superhuman, we couldn't support Microsoft Outlook users. So one of the reasons we asked those questions was to prevent customers who depended on Outlook from getting into Superhuman, paying for it, and then being surprised, hey, I know we promised all this amazing stuff, we actually can't support your email tool. So we wanted to prevent that really excited growth for a customer and then the crash of like, just kidding, you can't have it. So we say that upfront to customers because there are certain customers that we can't support today, be it because there might be enterprise regulations that we can't support or we don't quite have their tool set up. And Outlook was one of those examples up until last year when we finally built Superhuman for Outlook and we can now support Outlook customers. The cool thing that Superhuman does is we have this process called loop closing, which I'm really proud of. And it just shows how long-term minded Superhuman has been. If you respond or reply or email Superhuman with the feature you want or something you need and we don't have it, we actually log that and then we follow up when we've built it. So sometimes that might take three months or six months, but there are lots of examples where we'll follow up with prospective customers. I actually got one earlier this week with a feature that he'd been waiting for for three years. And now he wasn't a superhuman customer, but he still forwarded me the email and said, I cannot believe you remembered I asked for this. And you even told me that you've now built it and I'm not paying you anything. That's crazy. And that's one of the success stories when we think about how you build a loyal fan base is this follow-up and this notion that when customers request things, it doesn't go into a black hole or a suggestion box that we never look at. Our product, our engineering, our customer teams obsess over that and continually make sure that when we build those features, we follow up with every single customer via email. Hey, I know you needed this. Sorry it took us a minute, but we're there now. 
A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So talk to me about some of the marketing tactics to build loyalty in your fan base. Yeah, I've got an amazing product and we've got this experience where by throttling the number of users and cohorts that you're accepting, you can have this wonderful onboarding experience. You built out product-led growth to be able to onboard people that wanted self-service. What gets people excited about the product? What gets people to stay? And then what gets your customers to start talking about the app as well? You said something interesting at the beginning there, Ben. It's not just marketing. It actually has to be a whole company philosophy. So as we think about supporting customers, it goes well beyond your traditional marketing motions, and it has to include other groups. So one of the things that we did that continues to be very successful is we made an effort to meet customers where they live. And in those early days, that was Twitter. And it meant almost every employee on Superhuman was reaching out and speaking to customers on Twitter. We still do that today. We respond to customer feedback. We post all of our new features that we deploy on Twitter and many other social channels. Rahul continues to be super active responding to customer feedback and comments for new features or things that maybe don't behave in a way a customer thought they would. And that's gone a long way to building a loyal customer base because number one, we're very transparent. It's on an open channel. And number two, customers can see that we are active. We take those responses seriously. We come back with more feedback. We direct customers to more resources if we need them. But the act of meeting customers where they live is super, super important. When you combine that with a product experience that presents these small moments of delight for a customer, it really creates a unique feeling. So one of the ways that we build loyalty is not just meeting customers where they live and being vocal with them on Twitter or on TikTok or on LinkedIn, but it's giving them moments in the product that surprise them, things that you wouldn't expect. And a great example of this is Inbox Zero. When you hit Inbox Zero, customers get this amazing image. And we spend a lot of time curating these images to evoke feelings of calm, of accomplishment, of celebration. And customers get this small dose of delight whenever they hit Inbox Zero because they want them to feel accomplished. We want them to feel that they've done something. They've mastered that day. They've gotten through all their tasks. 
They've made sure that there's nothing waiting on their attention, and they can now turn that attention away from email to whatever else they want to do, be it a personal endeavor, be it other professional tasks, be it a hobby. And that small moment of delight really creates this feeling of customers where they want to hit inbox zero again and again. So we built concepts like inbox zero streaks. We built other streaks within Superhuman. So when you think about a loyal fan base and a fan base that loves to talk about you, giving them a reason to talk is one of the most important things. And so customers will share their inbox zero images. We have contests where we ask customers to submit their favorite images and we pick the winners and include them in our inbox zero rotation. And so we go a long way to involving customers in Superhuman. We go a long way to making sure that we're continually talking to and speaking to customers, both for new features, for things that they need in the product, and for challenges they have. And then the last piece is we go a long way to making sure they're successful. And so when you combine all of these elements, you get this really unique mix. And that results in a super loyal fan base for a product like Superhuman, which you wouldn't think email would have a loyal fan base. But Superhuman's been able to build that. And we're one of the few SaaS companies today that I still think people get excited about. I haven't heard anyone recently wake up and go, I cannot wait to use, and I won't use any other tool names, but I can't wait to use this tool today, or I can't wait to use that tool. Superhuman's one of the exceptions. People genuinely get excited about using Superhuman, which if you told someone back before we started Superhuman, they would laugh at you and say, there's nobody in the world who gets excited about using email. You're crazy. But we've been able to do that. And that's a testament to Rahul, the founding team, and the engineers and product managers, and the Delight team here. They've been able to pull it off. What I'm hearing from you is build a kick-ass product. Great way to get your customers on board. Get them excited. Build in moments where they have something to celebrate. I guess my big question is, I understand that. And there is a wonderful product at Superhuman. And there's something that happened along the way where Superhuman became the cool app. It became the story. And maybe it's just in Silicon Valley, in San Francisco, you know, the area that we both live in. We kind of understand what are the interesting SaaS technologies. What got Superhuman to not only be well-respected from its users, but also well-known from the rest of the technology community? I think there's a few elements there. One is, I think Superhuman, the concept of building an email tool, of taking on one of the most established technology tools that we all live with, both in our professional and personal lives, is a little scary. And the fact that Superhuman was so open about it and was so excited about it and really willed it into existence creates a really cool story to think about. So I think people naturally have an interest in there's somebody trying to make my email experience better, but I've been using the same email tool for 20 years. Why would they do that? And that creates this really interesting, really exciting buzz from the community. The second thing I think that really plays into Superhuman is we spent a lot of time with our ICP. We spent a ton of time with people who live in email day in and day out, right? And in those early days, that meant focusing on people like us that were founders, that were folks in the startup community that lived in email, that were making introductions, that were trying to raise funding, hire employees, get a company off the ground, scale. And by focusing on those folks a lot, we were really able to build these amazingly unique features that helped them gain so much time back. So as you think about this buzz, you had people sharing their stories of, hey, it's not just that they say it's fast. It really is blazingly fast. And it's surprising because you think about email and you go, huh, Google has already built every single feature you could want in an email product. So has Microsoft. So how is Superhuman able to compete with these massive organizations? And I would point to one of the ways we think about product development. It's not just about what you build. 
It's about how you build it. So when you think about speed, keyboard shortcuts, right? Make it really accessible for individuals to use keyboard shortcuts to fly through the work they've already done. Anyone in finance will tell you using Microsoft Excel with a keyboard is way faster than with a mouse. So applying similar things to superhuman, we look at the speed of doing things on a keyboard is way faster than a mouse. So when we think about how you build this viral following and how you build excitement and get kind of buzzy, there's really no set formula, but some of the things that contributed were really strong fit with our ICP, taking a different approach to building features that people thought had already been developed, and then making sure that we were very vocal in those scenes. We were at startup events, we were at conferences, we were in almost every room. And so we made sure that folks knew about us. And that's really how we continue to grow today. Word of mouth is the single largest way that people hear about and come to Superhuman, even seven plus years down the road as we've grown and matured it still dwarfs all of our other acquisition channels, which is why in marketing, we still stay really focused on voice of the customer. And we still enable the customer to have those conversations with us or most times without us, with their friends, whether that's on social, whether those are networking sessions, we want to make sure customers are armed to talk about the benefits that Superhuman has brought them and why they love it. It's something that I couldn't figure out how to do myself. And I am incredibly impressed with the Superhuman growth story God knows I wasn't able to generate that buzz when I was working in my email productivity app. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Say Surya Kumar, the head of marketing at Superhuman, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Say and I are going to continue the conversation and talk about how Superhuman expanded from PLG to PLS. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Say, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his company's website, which is superhuman.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.